Hey, what's going on, everyone? Hello, and welcome to episode 56 of the Forward Progress Football Podcast. I'm your host, Zach Purdy, and today we're recapping the uh, week six of NFL games before previewing the Thursday night football matchup between the Cardinals and the Saints. So let's get right on into it. All right, let's kick things off with the Jets at the Packers. Jets upsetting the Packers 27-10. to 10. Um, I had the Jets covering, but, man, I did not see them actually fully pulling off the win. But apparently I should have gone all in on the Jets' rise and the Packers' fall. Uh, this Jets defense has been absolutely amazing. Williams had one of the best games of his career, uh, just living in the Packers' backfield seemingly all game. Both Mosley and Quincy Williams looked great all day as linebackers, and this secondary is just absolutely amazing, with DJ Reed looking like a steal in free agency and Sauce already looking like a top-five corner in the league. He's my pick for defensive rookie of the year. He should be your pick, too. We should win it. Um, he might not have the counting stats to win it, though. That's the only thing I'm concerned about, but, like, in terms of play, like, man, he's got to be the best defensive rookie right now. Offensively, though, they definitely still have a lot of room to grow. Uh, Wilson, he played just all right, but you can definitely tell he's still trying to learn this offense, get comfortable. He holds on to the ball for way too long and tries to play a lot of hero ball, um, resulting in throwing multiple balls that he's lucky didn't end up picked. Brees Hall, he went crazy, though. Um, won 16 yards on the ground and a touchdown, and then Carter with another 41 yards on only six carries. This running back duo was just insane. And they're young. They should be good for the next couple of years. Like, this is a really young, exciting team here with the Jets. For the Packers, though, they're just falling apart. Rodgers doesn't trust anyone here, um, especially with Cobb being going down with injuries. Uh, this line is just nowhere near as good as I thought it would be, and this rushing attack has been a major disappointment. Disappointment. They had 20 carries, but only 60 yards this game. Defensively, they stepped up a bit this game in pass defense. They ran a lot more man than they have been this year, allowing Jair to follow around Garrett Wilson and essentially take him out for most of the game when doing that. But this run D is just terrible. Um, they bite on misdirection and play fakes all the time. They leave gaps just wide open. Rookie Trey or Quay Walker, sorry, he's just like nowhere to be found. Like very, very big disappointment for him. All right, then we have the Bucks at the Steelers. Um, Steelers pulling off the upset, eighteen to twenty. Another team that I picked to cover, but I was like, I, I didn't see them actually pulling on, fully taking on the, like victory, uh, pulling off the upset. But a lot of this was led by Clay, Chase Claypool. He had a great day for Pittsburgh, especially late, making a bunch of big catches on third and long to move the sticks and help ice out this game, especially going in with um, Pickett getting injured at halftime or a bit after halftime in like the third quarter, I believe it was. Drew Bisky had to come in and lead this team to a win. Um, Claypool stepped up big with that touchdown at the end. Johnson and Pickens, they both each had some nice flashes too, showing why everyone is just so high on this Steelers receiving trio. Hopefully Pickett can return soon and develop a bit with these guys. Um, their offensive line definitely needs to get better, but this could be a real nice offense in the future. Defensively, for the Steelers, they had multiple back cornerbacks step up and play good this game. Both Witherspoon and Wallace were out, so James Pierre and Josh Jackson stepped up. While and while like Mike and while like Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, they got like a catch and two on them. Of course, they are they're good receivers. Overall, they played really well, like a lot better than you would expect out of a couple backups. For Tampa, though, they've got to do better. Brady was off today with so many underthrows. Godwin and Evans should have monster games against backup cornerbacks, but they just didn't. They got beat most of the time. And then throwing this offensive line, playing poor, like 
really bad, especially up the middle. And Lenny, he was only really good when he had that head of steam, which he couldn't get because of this run blocking. And that's when you get this version of the Bucks that looks washed offensively. And I'm doubting more and more that they're going to be able to snap out of this. Then we have the Niners at the Falcons. Um, the Falcons winning 28-14. to 14, Did not see the outcome. I had the Niners covering and winning. Uh, big props to the Falcons in their run games. Aljair and Huntley both look great. Both of them refusing to go down at the contact point. Like so many times they'd run into the Steelers or um, Niner defenders and still get an extra two, three yards, always falling forwards, never falling backwards, getting that extra yardage. Uh, if the Falcons run blocking was a bit better this game, they could have been much better. These backs combined for 110 total yards, but 92 of those came after contact. Defensively, the Falcons played really good, but I think the Niners really made some mistakes, which helped them look better than what like the Falcons' defense, I think, is. You know, I'm getting pretty concerned about AJ Terrell this game. Um, he left, or this year, he left this game with injury, but he gave up five catches for eight targets, 52 yards, and two touchdowns. That puts his season totals to 39 targets, um, 26 catches, 309 yards, and seven touchdowns. So if you extrapolate that over a full 17-game slate, that's 111 catches or targets, 74 catches, 876 yards, and 20 touchdowns. For a bit of reference, last year he gave up 29 um, catches on 66 targets, 200 yards, and three touchdowns. So he's already given up more yards, touchdowns, and is only three catches away from last year's numbers. I think it's time to start questioning if his elite play was like a one-year thing. Like, I still think he's a good corner, just going through a bit of a rough spot, definitely, but we may have been too early to crown him as this elite cornerback after just one year of showing it. I do want to shout out Darren Hall, though. He ended up coming in for Terrell and was targeted multiple times by Jimmy in this offense, but he broke up a deep pass to Ayuk, and then on the next play to Debo, he tipped it up and allowed his teammate Jalen Hawkins to intercept it. Uh, for the Niners, I was really hoping this offense would figure things out with Jimmy getting a bit more comfortable last week, but he just looked flat out bad this game. He would right into triple double coverage multiple times, under-throwing, over-throwing, left, right, you name it, um, holding on to the ball for forever, inviting pressure that had no reason getting home. There, There's a reason why the Niners tried to move on for him. It's this, like while he can execute this Shanahan offense for most weeks, he's too inconsistent to expect him to go four straight weeks in January in the playoffs to get this team a ring. Then we have the Giants or the Ravens at the Giants, Giants winning 24 to 20. Um, and yeah, I called it. I picked the Giants to cover and win. But I still got to ask myself, are the Giants good? Like this, this doesn't feel like it should be working. They had less than 200 yards passing, less than 100 yards rushing. Um, but like their offense is doing, I guess, just enough off the backs of a really great defense. Jones played up and down, some missed throws, especially while under pressure. But he came up at the end with a nice ball while under pressure to Bellinger for a touchdown. The Giants really won this game off the back of their defense, though. Jihad Ward is playing amazingly this season as a more of a run-first edge defender. And... Like, after being a journeyman throughout his career, definitely didn't see this performance from him. Um, Love, he had an up-and-down game. He was covering Mark Andrews, so that's why. <laughs> but, like, overall, like, if you get a couple wins against Mark Andrews, I'd say that's a win. Um, and then Thibodeau, he came alive early at the end of the game with a game-sealing strip sack. These pieces individually, they all, like, 
played good, but honestly, still, like, no one on this Giants defense really feels like a star. It just feels like they all work together, kind of like the Buffalo defense from a few years ago. Like, they didn't, other than Trey White, they didn't really have any, like, big names, but they were all, like, good. Like, they were just more than the sums of their parts, and I think that's the same can be said about this Giants defense. Like, they're just, this Wink Markendale is doing, like, an incredible job here. Like, that can't be stressed enough. For the Ravens, though, they need to figure out their offense fast. Dobbins was a non-factor on the ground, and I don't know if he got injured or what, but he ended up getting benched for Kenyon Drake, who did look good when he did get out there. But you can't win in the modern NFL without receivers, no matter how good the rest of the offensive talent is. The Ravens receivers had 11 of Lamar's 32 pass attempts and only 5 of the 17 completions and only 45 of the 210 receiving yards. They didn't have any catches for over 20 yards. So right now they're in the market for DJ Moore, and I think that would help a lot. Um, getting Bateman back, that should help out this offense too, because right now they just they simply cannot win against decent football teams if they don't have any threat to pass it to the outside. So then we have the Vikings at the Dolphins. Vikings winning 24-16, called this one too. I had the Vikings covering and winning. Um, this is what the Vikings pass rush is supposed to look like with Zedarius Smith and Neil Hunter. Smith had 11 pressures and two sacks, and Hunter had another six pressures and a sack. On the back end, too, the Vikings played great with Peterson and Harrison Smith both looking young again, both forcing a turnover and helping to keep the dynamic duo of Waddle and Hale in check for the most part. However, their slot corners, Chandler Sullivan, he got absolutely worked this game. Um, you could tell he was playing off a lot trying to prevent the big play, but Hill, with his route running, just kept turning around in front of him, getting that stuff underneath. For the Vikings' offense, it took them way too long to get started, though. Outside of his 53-yard run, Cook only had 12 carries for 24 yards. This offensive line really got worked by the Dolphins' line, with Wilkins having a monster game in run defense, and they couldn't get much going passing, with Jefferson being the only player to have more than 40 yards. To be fair, the Dolphins' defense is great, with Howard playing well and Noah Igbenogany really stepped it up this game outside of like a PI that gave Thielen, um, gave them position at the end of the half. Uh, Igbenogany had a PI on Thielen. Outside of that though, I thought Igbenogany played great. He had a couple of really nice pass breakups. He was on Thielen most of the game, blocking him up. And this Dolphins offense though was really sputtering without Tua. Um, they were able to put up yardage with Hill and Waddle combining for 309 yards, but they were unable to punch it in at a rate you'd expect from that, you know? They didn't run as much as you would expect with a backup two, with only 16 carries for 73 yards as a team. I did think Skylar Thompson looked pretty good before going out with an injury, and Teddy, he definitely looked a lot more like a backup than Thompson did. It felt like they didn't really trust him to execute the offense, and I don't blame them, he didn't. They need to get to uh, back ASAP to stay in this wild card race. Then we have the Bengals at the Saints. Bengals covering and winning 30 to 26. Um, that was my pick too. We finally got the big play Bengals back. Chase had by far his best game of this season with 132 yards and two touchdowns. Burrow, he looked great again too, not putting the ball in harm's way and having a 91.2% adjusted completion percentage. This was the first time all year that I felt like the Bengals were back to what they were last year. Um, so hopefully they can keep that up going forwards. But defensively, they looked worse than they had all year. They were getting blown off the line of scrimmage all game by the Saints in the ground game. Their pass rush wasn't what it has been. Eli Apple looked like burnt toast again. Like, it was just a mess. Um, their defense has really been what's been keeping them in games and what 
propelled that playoff run last year. So hopefully this was just a bit of an off game because the Bengals offense, if they don't have these explosive plays, they really need their defense to step up. Um, this was a real tough loss for the Saints. They honestly played well most of the day. Like they were in position to win. And, but Chase had a couple big plays on Bradley Wobie's head. Matthew was the terrible angle on that big Chase touchdown. Um, really cost them the game, honestly. Their entire secondary played pretty poorly with um, Paulson Diebo and Chris Harris Jr., who I thought was retired. Like, I was like, who the heck is number 19 for the Saints? <laughs> Looked it up. I was like, oh, Chris Harris, okay. It's not the same Chris Harris. Yep. Um, no wonder he looks old and slow out there. Um, they were getting cooked all day, man, for their offense. They had to... They had another good week by Andy Dalton, though. Their O-line were paving the way for Kamara all day, like really blowing the uh, Bengals off the line of scrimmage. And Ingram and Dalton did the best. Dalton did the best he could in the air with his top three receivers down. Like they still put up 26 points with their top three receivers down on a really good Bengals defense. Give the Saints Thomas, Olave, Landry, and also Lattimore defensively. I would be shocked if they lost this game again. Like, I think the Saints are a really good team who, if healthy, they're very much alive in the NFC. And, like, I think Super Bowl alive. But if they can't be healthy, if they're injured and just not, like, yeah, if they aren't a complete team, they aren't going to be able to do much, you know? That's just how it is. So we have the Patriots at the Browns, 38-15. to 15. Um, I was wrong. I picked the Browns to cover and win. I did not expect this game out of Brissett. He starts off with a bad turnover under throw to Njoku that results in a pick to Kyle Duggar. And the rest of the day was just like that, just missing throws left and right. Really uncharacteristic game for him So from what we've seen this season. This whole offense was out of whack too, not just Brissett. They only had 70 yards for 3.9 yards per carry and five drops as a team. Like... It just felt like an off week for the Browns offense. I'm really honestly not even going to read too much into it just because this wasn't what we've gotten used to to this point. It just like the Patriots placed some sort of curse over them. The Patriots did play incredible defense, so you can't just blame the Browns offense. Dietrich Wise just seemed to live in that Browns backfield. Rookie Jack Jones had another nice game, and while Duggar and Mills, they both got beat a couple times. They both also came away with picks and really helped them, uh, help their teams out in that aspect. And then on offense, wow, Bailey Zappi. Um, that was the best performance by a Patriots quarterback since last year. Like, they, he played better than Mac Jones has all year. Like, I'm, I'm not saying give up on Jones, but I, I still think, like, I still think Jones should be the starter, but like, you can't deny that Zappi looks good, and it's got to be a good season, like a good feeling for the Patriots that if Jones isn't the guy, if he's kind of like not playing up to the standards you expect out of a starting NFL quarterback, you have one right here in Zappi to turn to. Like he's, they, they might have two starting quarterbacks on their roster. And then also shout out to rookie Tyquan Thornton, the wide receiver. He found the end zone twice in his second career game. Um, Patriots are really using the speed threat well, using him on jet sweeps and getting the ball into his hands and letting him work. Excited to see him continue to grow in this offense. Then we have the Jaguars at the Colts. Um, Colts winning 34-27. to I picked the Jags to cover and win, so that last second touchdown, man. Uh, but this was a, the game that the Colts really needed to have. 
they heavily relied on Ryan, who finally looked like his Falcon self. He went 42 for 58 um, for 389 yards and three touchdowns. Pittman, he had a monster day, 134 yards, and their offensive line played a lot better. They allowed zero sacks on Ryan. However, they definitely need to get more out of their ground game. Only 45 yards on 16 carries. They're going to get Jonathan Taylor back hopefully this week and then also Naheem Hines sometime soon. Um, I think obviously like that will help. But this offensive line's got to do better in run blocking too. For the Jags, they got to gotta, gotta, gotta fix their defensive problems. Aluakon was paid the bag. Lloyd was drafted in the first round, but they, was, they were like nowhere to be found in the middle. They, the... Um, but Pittman, he just kept running over the middle of the field, either sitting down in zones or catching crossers. And, yeah, I was like, okay, where are the linebackers at? Like, they're out there covering grass, not players, you know? Um, way too many passes like that. They played well in Rundy, but, like, they might as well just not have been there in coverage, you know? And Griffin, he was just so up and down today. He was targeted time after time. Um, he was targeted... 13 times gave up nine catches for 108 yards and a touchdown like and he had two pis in there he did have a couple nice pass breakups too but like that's that's not enough to offset just how much like they clearly saw griffin saw something they could take advantage of on tape and took advantage of it offensively though the jags did look good Lawrence was extremely efficient with only two incompletions zero turnovers and he looked great on the ground with 23 yards and two touchdowns ETN looks good when he has the ball in his hands in space, too. The 86 yards on 10 carries, two catches for 22 yards. Um, however, it just feels like there's not enough playmakers on this team. They don't really have anyone you trust to win downfield or someone to turn to in a key situation. I think ETN could be the latter, like, at least what a running back can provide in that, like, someone you can go to on, like, a screen or get the ball in his base and let him work and get that first down. But... They, they need to manufacture better touches for him. Like, he's not someone who can win in between the tackles at this point, I think. Um, this offense is really young and has potential, and you can see it, but they need that number one type receiver to get them over the edge, and I think they're just going to be capped until they can get that. They have the Panthers at the Rams. Um, Panthers, or Rams winning 24-10. to 10. Um, I thought the Panthers would at least cover, but obviously wrong. I did pick the Rams to win, though. Although the Rams won, though, I do not feel good about their offense. On one hand, Robinson looked great, which amazing. Like, love to see that. He was making some nice contested catches, looking like the amazing receiver he'd been in the past. Someone who they really need to step up because they need more options outside of Cooper Cup. And Cup, obviously, he looked great. But against a reeling Panthers team, I kind of expected more out of them. Stafford played good overall, but he threw a pick six, and this team really lacked big plays this game with two 22-yard catches, but... That being the only plays beyond 20 yards for them the all game. Defensively, though, they looked great. Um, but honestly, I'd be concerned if they didn't. McCaffrey got his a couple times. You know, it's McCaffrey. He made Bobby Wagner look slow. But this definitely did start to look more like the Rams defensive old. We'll see if they look like that again next week playing a real um, NFL offense. Like, this Panthers team is just so dysfunctional right now. I just feel like I can't even really take anything away much for the Rams. I'd be shocked if this team doesn't end up with a number one overall pick. McCaffrey was literally their offense. 89 of their 119 receiving yards, 69 of their 93 rushing yards. At this point, honestly, blow it up. Trade McCaffrey. An expensive, injury-prone running back isn't a good player to have on the books. You're, you're going to need it. This is going to be a multi-year rebuild. 
again. I know you guys just started one, but you need one again. You need to get your quarterback, too. That's another big thing. McCaffrey is, like, probably not going to be in his prime by the time you guys are ready to win. And, honestly, it's going to help you win a game or two this year. And that's not good. Like, you need C.J. Stroud, Bryce Young, whoever ends up being that quarterback one but come draft time. You need to get that player. Trade him to the Rams. You just played them. I felt like this was a bit of a, a bit of a like a audition, and I feel like McCaffrey passed it. Cam Akers is on the block for the Rams. Send him over along with the second round pick. Shake hands. At least the Panthers still have someone to turn to. Akers gets away from the Rams, which they clearly like want to do, like for whatever reason. And McCaffrey has a chance to add a new dimension to this Rams offense, which really needs one. Like this is one of my favorite hypotheticals right now. I'm really trying to get McCaffrey in my fantasy league because I think this is going to happen. And you can imagine how fun that would be to see McVay use McCaffrey. Um, but moving on from hypotheticals, let's get on to the next game, the Cardinals at the Seahawks. Uh, Seahawks winning 19-9. to nine, uh, Picked the Seahawks to cover and win, which they did. This was a bit of a comeback-to-earth game, though, for the Seahawks and their offense. Dino played fine, but he looked a lot closer to what we expected him to be coming into the year. Not a lot of big plays, but no turnovers. He was trading with his legs in some key situations, though, which was good to see. Walker, he had a really good week on the ground, the rookie out of uh, Michigan State, with 97 yards and a touchdown, including an impressive run where I thought for sure he was going to be tackled in the backfield, only to make a couple guys miss and turn it into 10+. Defensively, though, the Seahawks, man, they looked great. Tariq Woolen, what did I say? I told you that he was going to come up, do something big at the end of the game. Like This game was practically put away, but he came up with a pick in the fourth quarter on a fourth down. Um, he looks like the next big thing. Brian, he looked great in the slot. He had that forced fumble on uh, Murray, too. And most who had a good day rushing the passer. I am a bit concerned, though, about a couple pieces, like Ryan Neal at strong safety, like playing in the box a lot. He would be in coverage multiple times and took really bad angles on tackles. And Boya Mafe, their second-round pick out of Minnesota, just they're only doing anything as a pass rusher so far. But overall, I like the direction this defense is heading in because they aren't good, but at least you can see a couple of nice young pieces. For the Cardinals, their offense was bad. Um, no getting around it. Hopefully, it'll get better with the addition of D-Hop, but I do want to talk about this Cardinals defense because it's starting to come together, I think. Uh, Antonio Hamilton looked good out there for corner. He was supposed to be their starter, got injured like right before. I think I think it was like a home cooking accident. It was something weird like that. Um, but yeah, he looked good in his second game back. He only played like three snaps the week before, but he definitely made a difference this game. Rookies Sanders and Thomas both threw during the pick. Edge rushers, they got home for sacks this game. And Golding had a sack too, living in the Seahawks backfield, it felt. They, if they can build upon this and build upon this strong defensive performance, get their offense back in track with Hopkins too, um, they aren't really that far from a playoff push, I think. Then we have the Bills at the Chiefs. Uh, the Bills winning 24-20 to and, yeah, picked the Bills to cover and win, and they did. Vaughn Miller was amazing this game. This is why you sign him. Um, I think he's the main reason why the Chiefs were able to win. He ended up having nine pressures and two sacks, including the pressure that sealed the game, uh, like forcing Mahomes to throw the pick. Uh, this Bills defense really stepped up against Mahomes. Both Jackson and Elam had a great game. Kair Elam, he had picks in back-to-back weeks. Like I know I said his performance the week before wasn't that impressive, but it definitely was a lot more impressive this week. 
um, only giving up three catches for 24 yards and then having that interception. Offensively, the Bills definitely started a bit slow with Allen playing pretty poor early on, not going to lie, but he stepped it up at the end. He was just impossible to take down, running guys over, jumping over guys, like, god damn. And then throwing some absolute beautiful balls, like that moon ball to um, Gate Davis and the cover two hole shot to Knox, and the game-winning touchdown to Knox. Like, oh my gosh, this is why Josh Allen's my MVP. Uh, for the Chiefs, they're going to be fine. The Bills, they're the freaking Bills. They're good. Mahomes did look rattled under pressure. That's something like you hope you don't see going forwards. That's definitely uncharacteristic for him. Um, I think it was just kind of like a big moment he didn't live up to. Like I'm not saying Mahomes can't live up to these moments. He obviously has in the past. Um, I think he will in the future. He'll. I think. I, I think it was just like a one game thing. You know, defensively, I thought they played pretty great, especially seeing that they're starting outside corners or a fourth round pick and a seventh round pick rookie. Um, they should be getting Mc. Uh, McDuffie, their first-round pick back, and Rashad Fenton was out this week. Should be getting them back soon. Hopefully fix up that secondary bit. Dealing with a bunch of injuries and also Willie Gay suspension. Once all these pieces come back together, this could be a pretty good defense. And then we all know about this offense. All right, then we have the Cowboys at the Eagles. The Eagles winning 26-17. Um, I picked the Cowboys to cover and win. Oh, I'm... Maybe it's time to go back to back. <laughs> if he's healthy, of course. Rush has been playing good up to this point, and they were they were undefeated, yeah, but it hasn't been because of this offense, and this game definitely proved that. Um, they're going to need to put up more points and take better care of the ball if they want to beat the best teams, and you have a better chance of doing that with Dak Prescott than Cooper Rush. He played great over the stretch as a backup, but it's games like this why like... Why, why you pay Dak $40 million for, to be frank. Uh, for the Eagles, though, oh, my God, they played amazingly, especially their secondary. Bradbury, Slay, CJ, um, they all came away with the picks, and Bradbury was just making play after play all night. He looks incredible. And then Slay, too. Like, like these two and the Jets, too. Like, man, I did not expect these secondaries to look this good. It's awesome. Um, they're Rundy. They definitely left a bit to be desired this game. And I didn't really notice their pass rush until the end. But when the secondary is playing this lockdown, it almost doesn't matter. Almost, though, you do definitely hope that this pass rush will wake up a bit more in future weeks because your secondary can't always be this lockdown. Offensively, though, the Eagles scared me again. I thought they were going to stall after going up 20 to nothing, scoring 20 straight points in the second quarter. Um, they let the Cowboys call back in and made it a 17-20 to game at one point before finally putting them away in the, hurt, uh, in the fourth. Hurts, he only had 155 passing yards, and the team combined for 136 rushing yards at only 3.5 yards per carry. Like, yeah, this style of defense is incredible. Um, that's probably why the Eagles didn't play up to their normal standard, but it definitely felt like the Eagles could have done a lot more this game. Like, there was a couple drops early on, Hurts missed his targets a few times, throwing it straight to Parsons for what should have been a pick six. Like, I'm surprised Parsons didn't come home with that. Um, their offense is fine, but I'm just getting a bit concerned that they're only putting up 26 points after having three turnovers and the Cowboys having 10 penalties for 72 yards, four of which gave the Eagles new sets of downs. Like, I'm not trying to say the Eagles aren't good. I think they're one of the best teams in the league. The Obviously the only 6-0 team, but I just don't think that they're the best team. Like, I'm alone on some mountaintop. Um, yeah, like, their offense... Something's missing from it, and I can't quite put my finger on what, but 
they just aren't impressing as much as they were earlier in the year, you know? Then we have the Monday night football bout between the Broncos and the Chargers. Chargers winning in overtime off Dustin Hopkins heroics, um, covering and winning 19 to, or not covering. The Broncos covered, but the Chargers won 19 to 16. Um, I did pick the Chargers to cover, so I was wrong in that aspect, but I had the Chargers winning. Um, the Broncos, they just can't play a normal game. This offense was terrible again. Russ had less than 200 passing yards, less than 100 ground yards as a team. Um, I think Russ went like 3 for 11 in the second half in overtime. Like, what the, what the heck, man? Um, their line, they they were just giving up pressure left and right. The Chargers coming at them with some blitzes. They had a couple of big passes early on with J.C. Jackson. Man, he just looks bad. That just brought their touchdowns and field goals, especially early on. But this Wilson trade is looking worse and worse. Like, definitely disappointing if you're a Broncos fan. Defensively, though, they're good. Like, Browning, he looks great off the edge. Singleton was everywhere in Rundy, and most of their secondary played well, except for rookie fourth-round pick Demory Mathis. He got absolutely whooped, giving up four pass interferences. Like, man, every time he was targeted, it felt like. Um, honestly, though, when he wasn't committing those penalties, he was pretty good. He just got to be more disciplined. Like, he was in a good position. He just too grabby. And the Chargers, they're they're an annoying team. Like, yes, they're injured, but they should be better than this. Like, what all this talent, all this hype, and you barely beat the Broncos off the leg of your one-legged kicker. Their offense couldn't get anything going. Their Broncos and their blitzes rattled Herbert all game. They couldn't create any big plays. Parham, he was the only one with a play with for over 15 yards. The loss of Allen is really hurting them, and it feels like Herbert just can't find anyone open downfield. They need to get more out of their ground game, too, with 73 yards, and Eckler only averaged 2.6 yards per carry all game. Um, they need to be better offensively, like, and I think they will be when Allen gets back, but maybe the Broncos also curse their primetime opponents, because... This is ugly. Like, the AFC West is not what we thought it was. But if you want to have, like, a good laugh, just look up the um, Dustin Hopkins interview after the game. Like, he looked like it sounded like a guy who had just never been interviewed before. Like, he's the kicker, man. And he's also probably in a lot of pain in this moment. And, yeah, it was just, like, an amusing little interview that me and my roommate were busting up laughing at, like, started it off like it was winning an award like first i just want to get, thank god i want to thank my family like friends yada 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 um he's like yeah i could have kicked it like at, at a certain point page this page so like it didn't matter if it was a 25 yard or a 55 yarder like that was an amazing interview 10 out of 10 for him he he gained a fan like i, I don't like the chargers but i like him all right so then that puts this week at seven and seven for both my straight up and against the spread um, I think that's funny. Last week I went eleven and five and five and eleven. This week I just went straight up seven and seven. Um, overall for the year I am 49, 44 and one, and then thirty eight, fifty four and two against the spread. Don't take my spread advice. Um, <laughs> speaking of which, let's talk about the Saints at the Cardinals. Cardinals one and a half point favorites. Also, don't take my Thursday night football advice. I don't even think I've gotten a spread pick once this year. Um, yeah, it's been bad. Uh, anyways, the Saints are really being hit with a ton of injuries all up and down their lineup right now. Thomas, Landry, Troutman, all likely out this week. Lattimore are probably the same defensively. Looks like Dalton's going to be out too, which means Jameis should be back. Um, 
I think that kind of sucks. I want Dalton. I wanted him to fight and keep his starting job. Looks like he's not even getting get that chance. The Saints are going to have to overcome a lot, but they are facing what's been a pretty underwhelming Cardinals team. But this Cardinals team is getting DeAndre Hopkins back. Um, and as I said, with Lattimore out, that could be a pretty big mismatch for Kyler Murray to deal with. Um, the Cardinals, though, they're dealing with their own slew of injuries, including what's been their number one receiver so far in um, Hollywood Brown. Their top three running backs on this practice on Tuesday. Um, yeah, it felt like a week where we'd finally get a good Thursday night football matchup, or at least like a decent one. You know, like, I just want I just want some entertaining football at least. Um, no, like both of these sides are just wrecked by injuries, especially playing off a short week. Like, come on, man. I think the Saints will have the upper hand, though, in this. While the Cardinals, they did show some promise last week defensively. I think that was more of a one-week sample size sort of thing. And with the Saints' explosive playmakers like Kamar, Hill, and Olave, all, all, like Olave should be back, I think that's what it's looking like this week. Um, they, they're going to be able to put up some pretty big numbers, I think. And Kyler in this offense, I just don't trust at this point to do the same. So I have the Saints covering and winning. Um, that's going to do it for today's episode. If you liked it, leave a like, subscribe, uh, comment, and share on YouTube. Let me know how you did in your picks and what do you think of this third night football matchup. Give me your pick down below. If you're on Spotify, Apple, wherever you might be listening to this elsewhere, leave a five-star review. Go tell your friends. And, yeah, that's going to do it. See you all next time.